The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. This is Impact Wrestling Moose, and you're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer from Ringside News, Sports Kita, the richest, the sportster, you name it, I've written there. I am your host, Lee Walker. I'm joined by my co-host tonight, the Perched correspondent, YouTube.com, and Justin We Trust. Justin Large Toe. Justin, how you doing today, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. We're going to be doing something we have not done uh, in a while. Uh, we are going to do the predictions for Impact Wrestling's No Surrender that is taking place uh, tonight, Justin. It's tonight. It's Friday at 8 p.m., which you can catch on Impact Plus. You can catch on YouTube and you can catch on Fight TV. Uh, very exciting. We have a great card. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you stick to the end of this podcast. Because at the end, uh, we are going to include episode 125, which you can still go download on your own. It, it came out on Thursday. An interview with Impact Wrestling's Jay Vidal. So at the end of this podcast, you'll be able to listen to that. And we thank Moose for the opener he gave us. When we interviewed him last year that we used for tonight's episode, thank you. A very impact-driven episode, Justin. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, the pre-show sees uh, Deanna Perrazzo taking on Giselle Shaw, again, with uh, her media content creator, Jay Vidal. Uh, this is just a singles match. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo was... Uh, part of Hard to Kill's number one contender match where uh, it was Masha Slamovich who defeated her, Kill Killer Kelly and Taylor Wilde. Uh, again, we have Masha on this card later on. Justin, I had asked uh, J Jay if this would be a match where Deanna Perrazzo or Giselle Shaw, whoever wins, regained that number one contendership. And, you know, the answer fans you can listen to at the end here. Justin, what do you think? Do you think the winner of this match can become a number one contender, even though it's on the pre-show? Yeah, I would imagine so. You know, as you just mentioned, the four-way at Hard to Kill last month, you had the likes of Killer Kelly and Taylor Wilde and Masha Slimovich, who obviously we saw, you know, move on to the knockouts title match on this card. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, no stranger to the knockouts championship scene, and... You know, Giselle Shaw has kind of been coming up, so I wouldn't be surprised to see her move on to, you know, being Mickey James' next opponent. But definitely can't disregard the history between Deanna and Mickey James. I mean, they main evented a pay-per-view last year, and they were the knockouts title match at Hard to Kill two years ago. So, or excuse me, not Hard to Kill, uh, Bound for Glory. Yeah, and uh, Giselle Shaw just coming off of a losing effort against Jordan Grace back in November. Uh, for the knockout championship. So you'll have to find out what Jay said at the end, folks. Justin, who do you see winning this match? Uh, I could see it going either way, to be honest with you, but I'm going to take the safe pick and I'm going to go Deanna Perrazzo. Okay. 
Uh, for all intents and purposes, I am going to go with Giselle Shaw. I see Giselle Shaw and Jay getting a push, especially considering Jay is uh, going to be... Well, I'm not going to give that spoiler away, folks, because this show is spoiler-free, is the way to be. But Jay had an announcement, and it involves the No Surrender Aftermath show that takes place on Sunday, but you'll have to listen to what he says, or you can go listen on episode 125, because this is episode 126. I'm going to go with Giselle Shaw. I, I really believe here, even though it's on the pre-show, that this puts either one back in uh, the number one contendership here. Uh, our next match, Justin, is the final match for the pre-show. We have Jonathan Gresham taking on Speedball Mike Bailey in a singles match. You know I want to make a, a joke about Speedball, but... I, I was going to say, brother, your your favorite wrestler here is Speedball Mike Bailey. The only guy who Alex says wrestled like the drug and uh, didn't really help him much on that one when we were with uh, former WWE writer Rob Hockman. And you can go listen to that episode, too. That was, like, episode 67, uh, where we first get introduced to Speedball Mike Bailey and... About five minutes of laughter after we were uh, good to go to actually talk. Both great performers here, Justin. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, as we know, had those issues with Tony Khan in the direction of Ring of Honor. You know, Ring of Honor, I feel like, was really a, a big project for Gresham. I didn't like the direction. So here he is in Impact Wrestling with his uh, wife, Jordan Grace. Two phenomenal wrestlers. Justin, this match is very easily pay-per-view worthy. What do you think of the match? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this match. I think it should be very, very good. Uh, you know, going into this pay-per-view, obviously, this is on the pre-show. Uh, become a, I've become, ugh, excuse me, I've been becoming a very big fan of Speedball Mike Bailey over the last year. Uh, he's definitely shown me something, and uh, you know, Jonathan Gresham coming off his run in Ring of Honor and, you know, being the Ring of Honor world champion for a pretty good amount of time, even though the company was kind of, you know, on ice for a bit. Uh, th this should be fun, and I'm expecting Jonathan Gresham to pick up the win. Uh, like you said, he's fairly new to Impact still. I'm actually pretty surprised that they put Eddie Edwards over him at Hard to Kill last month, but... I think this is going to be Jonathan Gresham's first, uh, you know, big win since joining Impact. Very well said there. You know, I can't... <sighs> This is a hard one. This is really, this is a hard match, Justin. This like it can go either way. I feel like Mike Bailey has had a lot of momentum as of late, and I. But I also feel like Jonathan Gresham's still kind of new to Impact and kind of need you know. I feel like this is a, a win. They they both need a win, really, in my opinion. Here, I'm gonna say Jonathan Gresham wins. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty safe to say for both of us. Now, that ends the pre-show, ladies and gentlemen. Now we are on the main card, and boy, oh boy. You know, I brought up Masha Justin, and we are starting off with the Impact Knockouts World Championship, Mickey James versus Masha Slamovich. Again, we just talked about it a little bit at Hard to Kill, Masha, you know, winning that fatal four-way match uh, to take on the winner from Hard to Kill between Mickey James and Jordan Grace as Mickey was doing her last rodeo. Mickey wins, beats Jordan Grace, which... I believe was quite a shock because I I honestly think a lot of people expected Mickey James to retire. Right. You know, usually when you get these, like, you know, these last, last rides or last, you know, all these sorts of last types, you know, going in, you, you fully expect that's what's going to happen. Uh, That ended up not being the case here. Everyone was kind of expecting a, almost really like a rematch of Grace versus Masha here. So Justin, what do you think? Uh, yeah, so this is another one I could kind of see it going either way. Uh, we, or you and me, Lee, we saw Masha Slamovich challenge for the knockouts title a few times last year towards the end of the year at uh, Bound for Glory, and I believe it was Turning Point as well. Or no, not a Turning Point, I'm sorry, it was Overdrive, uh, the pay-per-view following Bound for Glory. And, you know, she was unsuccessful both times against Jordan Grace, which makes you kind of believe... Uh, you know, hey, third time's the charm in this case with the knockouts championship. But, you know, Mickey James, as you mentioned, she's coming off this last rodeo, big win over Jordan Grace in the main event of Hard to Kill last month. And it'd be kind of weird to, you know, end that so quickly, you know, just a month after that. So I think I'm going to say Mickey James here, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of controversy to lead to a rematch later on. Okay. All right. You know, having Masha just come out, come off a losing effort, I don't see, you know, like you said, I don't see this being a loss for Mickey James. I feel like, you know, they made such a big ordeal with that whole last rodeo for her to, you know, she's either going to become champion or she's going to retire. I don't see Mickey James's first title defense because this is her first title defense as the Impact Knockouts champion since winning it at Hard to Kill. I just, I don't see it happening. I don't see her losing. And if I do, it's going to be because of like a count out type deal. Or I see Masha getting disqualified. You know what I mean? Right. Well, another thing to mention is like on Impact TV, uh, Mickey and Masha have kind of been entangled with the Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer storyline going on TV. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see either of them show up at some point in this match. Yeah, again, that's a, that's another good point. And you know, speaking of Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer, there's going to be some sort of uh, busted open radio segment on this. Don't know too much about it. You know, when you got a couple of the guys that are on the show part of your roster, why not take advantage? Because they have a real popular podcast, right? You know. So that'll be really interesting to see. Uh, Justin, match number four, and I can't believe this early in the card, uh, the Impact World Championship, uh, the champion Josh Alexander will be taking on Rich Swan, which Justin, on an episode of Impact, it was January 26th, Rich Swan had 
won a Golden Six Shooter six-way elimination match to earn this spot at no surrender against Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander is currently the longest reigning Impact World Champion. Rich Swan is no stranger to it because he's been an Impact World Champion as well. Justin, who do you got? What do you think of the match? Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, or, uh, Josh Alexander, longest reigning Impact World Champion, uh, just recently broke that record last month. And I see that reign continuing here. I don't receive Rich Swan, you know, getting the upset over Josh Alexander. I think Josh Alexander honestly takes this title to a year. Uh, you know, won the title last year at Rebellion. Your boy here was in the front front row for that. Had to throw that out there in Poughkeepsie, New York. But uh, yeah, I see Josh Alexander at least the very least going a full year with this to Impact's next official pay per view, uh, Rebellion, which I believe is actually going to be in. It's in Canada. I I want to say it's in Toronto, but maybe not. I, I'd have to double check that. But uh, yeah, I, I'd say Josh Alexander here retains. I'm going with Josh Alexander as well. The dude is way too hot, you know, and, and they've made a really big ordeal about him being the longest reigning impact world champion for the company in its history in 20 years, which incredible and, and speaks volumes about, you know, Josh Alexander and his work, work ethic with impact wrestling. So, so far, you know, Justin, we seem to be uh, dead on with each other, except uh, one prelim match. So this is where it'll, it'll really get interesting because after the impact world championship match, we have a fatal four-way match to determine the number one contender for the Impact World Championship, which in this fatal four-way uh, includes Brian Myers, Heath, PCO, and Steve Macklin. Now, on February 2nd, these participants uh, were announced and would have matches over like the next couple of weeks. Uh, so Brian Myers defeating Dirty Dango to get in. I believe PCO defeated uh, Shira. Steve Macklin defeated Rhino. And I believe Heath defeated Eddie Edwards, if I'm having that right. So they all had to qualify to get into the match. Again, those are eight names that any one of them could have been in this match. Justin, what do you think? of the four participants to be the next number one contender for the impact world championship. Yeah. I think this is a good mix of, you know, four guys you could definitely see challenging for the world title, you know, in the very near future PCO who recently just broke away from Mono no more. And uh, I believe he's still in a feud with Eddie Edwards, or he's just coming off of that feud. Uh, you have Steve Macklin, who's kind of been, you know, racking up wins on former impact world championship champions over the last few months. Uh, Brian Myers, uh, you know, former digital media champion, uh, just coming out off the major players tag team with Matt Cardona, as well as Heath, who, you know, you and me, we uh, we did an interview with Heath Bound for Glory right before. And, you know, we could definitely see Heath rising up to that uh, that world title contendership status. He's also just coming off a tag team title reign with Rhino. So everybody in this match, you know, is coming off something pretty hot and, you know, could be bigger things for them coming out of this match. Absolutely. And it's actually interesting enough uh, with Heath. He just done a virtual signing with uh, K&S Wrestling. 
they get a lot of big names. I've brought, I, I've had figures signed by them. It's really cool. Heath was on there and, and you know, had some remarks. Uh, one, he blamed the internet for ruining wrestling, which everyone says that. He's not wrong. I, I, I truly believe it. Uh, even The Undertaker went on record recently saying, you know, the same thing because now all fans want is the backstage dirt and the gossip. He also went on record saying that uh, he was asked if he would ever return to WWE. And Heath's response was, if it was for the salary he was making or more, yeah, he would do it for a couple of years. But he also admitted that basically, no, he's having too much fun right now. So, you know, good for him on that. I can say out of all the eight names, everyone here would be deserving, as you had said. Everyone was in a major storyline, you know, and, you know, the four guys who lost now things, you know, get changed up for them a little bit. Justin, who who do you see winning this? Cause this is, this could be an anybody situation. Right. So I've narrowed it down to two and both of them are on the heel side. Uh, you know, Brian Myers, I can definitely see being, you know, uh, someone who challenges Josh Alexander for the world title because I would imagine whoever wins this will be getting the match at Sacrifice uh, next month. So I could definitely see Brian Myers in that, spa- that spot right before, you know, the big pay-per-view rebellion in Toronto. Uh, Steve Macklin is very, very, you know, a very big favorite in this match. But, you know, I definitely see them saving Steve Macklin for the bigger show at Rebellion. So I'm going to say Brian Myers here. You know, Brian Myers had a opportunity at the championship when I believe Moose was the champion. Uh, Christian Cage at Emergence a few years ago. And that as well. So he's he's had a few chances at the title. Clearly proven himself. Uh, we do have one name in common that we both are agreeing on here, Justin. That's Steve Macklin. I think out of the four, he's probably, he's definitely the youngest and probably has like a really good hot streak going on. As far as that, I think he and Josh Alexander would have a great match. It'd be a great, you know, a hell of a match. But my other name, I'm sorry, Justin, we're going to disagree here. I'm going with PCO as my, my secondary. And I say that because of, you know, breaking off from Honor No More there. Now on his own, staying here in Impact Wrestling, He's got a different vibe than the rest of these wrestlers in the match that makes him unique and offsets him compared to the rest of the roster. Uh, He's the oldest person in the match, but he wrestles better now in his 50s than he was in his 20s and 30s in the WWF and in WCW. I mean, the man's doing moonsaults. He's doing swanton bombs jumping from inside the ring to the out. We've interviewed PCO. You know, the resurrection of this man has been incredible. You know, so I'm going with PCO as my secondary, but I'm going to say Steve Macklin. And as much as you say that, you know, you see him getting the title shot at a much bigger spot. If he wins it, then he gets defended at a bigger spot. That's the way I look at it. That's very true too. But the way I look at it, you know, they're so close to having Josh Alexander at that one-year mark. I think they're just going to go all the way with it. Uh, yeah, and you're probably right. 
probably right right there. Oh, God. All right, so this next match is a six-man tag match. We have Time Machine, which is the Motor City Machine Guns of Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, teaming with Kushida, taking on the Bullet Club, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Kenta. Yeah, debut, impact debut for Kenta here. Yeah, after uh, you know, just coming fresh off of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, their their pay per view that they had, and still, you know, he's got a nice shiny belt, and uh, CM Punk was there to watch the real person hit the go to sleep, Oof. if you will. Sorry, Punk. But it wasn't your move first. We all know that. Justin, I'm going to talk about this because this is going to it's going to sound bad, but like I don't mean it to sound bad. I was a fan of the Bullet Club, just like everybody else. And I feel like at their height was 10 years ago. You know? I feel like the Bullet Club now is a mere shell of itself. An unrecognizable faction, if you will. Anyone who's an original is basically no longer there. I, I, it was once the most popular faction in all of professional wrestling, and it wasn't even here in the United States. Right. So many names have come through the Bullet Club AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Gallows and Anderson, Tama Tonga. Oh my God. I, I'm just listing off just a few names. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Marty Scroll. Maybe we don't want to bring him up. I'm sorry. Hangman Page. Hangman Page. The Royal Rumble winner, Cody Rhodes. You know, heck, even at one point, King Haku. You, but you know Miss Ming in WCW, Haku in WWF. How about Jeff Jarrett, a one-time member of the Bullet Club? You know what I mean? There's a lot of names that were part of the Bullet Club throughout the years, and it's just now, like you're kind of like, well, who's left? You know, they're they're in a they're in a stage where the Bullet Club is either going to come out of this and become, you know, get some more notoriety that they once had, or at some point, Justin, we are going to see the end of the Bullet Club. Yeah, and you know, to that note. You know, Bullet Club's just coming off of taking a few hits to their group. You know, Gallows and Anderson recently went back to WB. Uh, Jay White is what you would imagine is no more. I mean, he he's pretty much been forced out of New Japan Pro Wrestling, so the Bullet Club is left without a leader at this point. I think another thing to really think about is, you know, who steps up to that next Bullet Club leader level. We've seen guys the likes of Finn Balor and AJ Styles and Kenny Omega and Jay White, you know, be in that spot and move on to bigger things and do bigger things. So I think that's another thing to be excited about, in all honesty, to see who kind of reaches that level and is, you know, on their way to the top in that sense. So the Bullet Club's kind of in purgatory right now when you really look at it, because you don't know, you know, if this stable lives on, you don't know if it's nearing the end. But, uh, yeah, to your point, I mean, Bullet Club is going to go down as one of those, you know, all-time great factions, I think. And to your point here in the U.S. where, you know, you see the, you see a few members, you see a little bit of crossover and impact and AEW and so on and so forth. But this is primarily a New Japan pro wrestling stable. Uh, 
that has been around for a good decade plus. So, you know, I feel like the Bullet Club has cemented their legacy as like one of those all time great factions, whether, you know, we're nearing the end or not. Yeah. And, you know, that was that was that was well said, Justin. Well said. Um, Whether we are at the end or not, I mean, to me, it just feels like. It's coming, you know what I mean? You know, it, it feels like. They've been just kind of treading the water. But now their legs and arms are getting tired. Definitely. You know, and especially when you you see the names that they once had. And like I said, they're just really a mere shell of themselves right now. I'm a big fan of the Motor City Machine Guns. Big fan of Kushida. Justin, you know, the you know Time Machine versus the Bullet Club. Who do you think is going to win this six-man tag? So this should be very fun. This kind of reminds me of one of those, you know, bangers, six-man uh, six man tag X division matches that impact would have in like 2005, 2006, 2007, just whether it's the opener or the middle of the show, just really get the crowd amped up. Uh, so this should be very fun. Uh, I'm curious to see how Kenta does here. Uh, you know, brand new new Japan, strong open weight champion coming out of battle of the Valley this past weekend. And I think we're going to get a bullet club win here. Uh, Kent is set to work the following two days of tapings this weekend. I believe one match is against uh, Mike Ball, uh, Mike Ball, <laughs> Speedball, Mike Bailey, uh, and I believe he's working another match, but I can't remember who his opponent is. So uh, we will see a Kenta on Impact for the next few weeks coming out of this. So I'm expecting a win from the for the Bullet Club. Yeah, which is pretty cool, you know, getting to see Kenta back here, you know, wrestling in the states and everything. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the opposite of you. I'm gonna say uh, Time Machine. Will you hop in your time machine and go back to the past, buddy? Listen, man, I only got to get the DeLorean up to 86 miles an hour, and I'm good to go. <laughs> All right? Oh, God. Try me. Because, you know, it might be uh, back to the future here in a little bit, because if my team don't win, I'm getting in that DeLorean. I'm going to change things up so that time machine does win if that happens. Ah, so you're a cheater. Got it. I. There's never anything in the rules that said I can't go back in time and change things. I think Sorry. that's kind of a general, you know, rule. It's it, it's unwritten, like you know, the wrestling fucking locker room code. Yeah, well, Justin, I'm sorry, but some rules were meant to be broken. <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, so, Justin, the next match is uh, the. Impact Knockout World Tag Team Championship as the Death Dolls. This will be Jessica and uh, Taya Valkyrie with Rosemary taking on the Hex of Allison Kay and Marty Bell, who have Father James Mitchell by their side. And uh, this one was interesting, Justin, on February 9th. Uh, the Death Dolls were confronted by their former associate, Father James Mitchell, who claimed to put a hex upon the Death Dolls before, of course, they were ambushed by the hex. Appropriate. And then, four days later, February 13th, Impact announces that the hex will challenge the Death Dolls for the titles at No Surrender. So, now that we have a little... uh background on this match and what is you know sort of happened 
what do you think of the match? I mean, Father James Mitchell with a new tag team. How do you think they'll fare? Yeah, so look, we, we've seen uh, Sienna and Marty Bell in Impact before. Sienna is obviously uh, a former uh, two-time Impact Knockouts world champion. I'm sorry, is she going by the name Sienna or Allison K now? Because that I kind of missed, actually. Oh, I just assumed it was Allison K. I, it probably is Allison K. I know before she went by Sienna, so if I call her Sienna a few times, then that, that's why. But let, let, I'll call her Allison K for now. If I if I say Sienna correctly, please. But um, you know, Allison K has been an impact before, former two time knockouts champion. Uh, Marty Bell. Uh, this is a big throwback. A part of the Dollhouse stable and impact back in 2015 and 2016 with you know the woman that we know now is back then Jade. But now Mia Yim or Mi Chin or Mi Chin Mia Yim or Mia Yim Mi Chin or whatever the fuck her name is. And, uh, you know, Rebel, who we actually see on AEW Weekly now with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD and Jamie Hayter. So, you know, it's it's good to see them back in the company. They've kind of made a name for themselves in the NWA uh, since leaving Impact. You know, former NWA women's tag team champions both competed in the Mae Young Classic a few years ago. So I think we're going to get new champions here just for the main reason. And I feel like this is an issue with women's tag titles across, you know, all companies that have them right now. I feel like because they're so limited with quantity and women's tag teams that these titles kind of have to switch, you know, quite a bit to keep a story going. And I feel again, I feel like that's due to the quantity of teams that they have in each company, whether it be, you know, WB or NXT, even though, you know, they're one in the same WB and NXT, but you know what I mean. An impact other than the hex and the death dolls, you know, who do you really have? Chelsea green has went back to WB. So you don't have VXT anymore with Deanna Perrazzo. And after that, there's not a whole lot. So I think the hex win the tag titles here. You know, and I, I'm going to agree with you on this. I'm not sure why, but I'm going to agree with you. Because I made great points. That's why you're agreeing with me. Sometimes I wish that wasn't true, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, this should be a good match. I, I always enjoy tag team matches. I, I prefer them over single matches because of um, the things that you can do in these matches. I'm expecting some big bumps some big spots here, just like I'm going to be expecting some big bumps in the six-man tag and in uh, the Fatal 4-Way match also. Expecting some big, big spots in those, you know, because anytime there's multi men and women matches, you can't not have, you know, a big spot or a big moment. Now, Justin, our next match is a singles match, and it is Frankie Kazarian taking on Khan, who will have Diener Angels and Sammy Callahan by his side. Now, fans, if you're like, Khan. I don't mean con artist like, you know, who you would think of like as Nails in WWF or the Repo Man or anything like that. It's Khan. It's Connor from former WWE and NXT. If you remember Connor, which 
Justin, what do you think they the fans you know remember Connor and even if he was a singles guy or a tag team guy, what do you think? You think uh, so know? as a singles guy, you know he had that gimmick where he was a mouse on NXT. Uh, you know, ten years ago or so, yeah, probably more than that actually. Jesus Christ. Um, and then he was a wannabe Legion of Doom guy in a tag team on the main roster. You know, the ascension, the ascension in NXT was pretty cool. I enjoyed that, but uh, that that's just you know Connor's run in a nutshell in WB. It was very short lived, and hey, let's not forget, um, they were trios. As uh, there was a guy named Stardust that they worked with for a little while. Oh yeah, I wonder what ever happened. I, to that. I don't know. He got mad and quit or something. Yeah. Right? Like, isn't that what happened? That guy will never make it in the wrestling business. What yeah, the fuck? I, I never saw him making it, really, to be honest with you. I don't care about the adrenaline. Yeah, something, something, you know? <laughs> so, anyway, guys, it's Khan. Formerly is Connor from the Ascension in WWE NXT. Uh, Justin, if you remember, when he made his debut in Impact Wrestling, he lost in, like, seconds. Yeah, remember that? To, uh, Josh Alexander. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think happens here, Justin? So, this obviously is Frankie Kazarian's first real feud, you know, since officially signing with Impact Wrestling and leaving AEW. Uh, the design is kind of building themselves back up since losing Eric Young. Kind of a li- small repackage with them. You know, instead of Violent by Design, it's just the design now. And you have Diener as the leader. You have the former Dark uh, Order member of Alan Angels in the group. And you have Sammy Callahan. So I expect Frankie Kazarian to come out with the win here. And I see this feud continuing. Uh, whether it leads to a match. Well, I expect it to lead to a match with, you know, Alan and... Or excuse me, just going by Angels now. Uh, Angels and Callahan. So I think Frankie Kazarian's probably going to go through this whole group. I'm going to say this goes one of two ways. Frankie Kazarian wins, but it's by DQ because Khan has three other guys with him. Or Khan wins because he has three guys with him. Right. There's enough, there's enough there to cause a distraction. Uh, and if something like that happens where it's a DQ and, you know, the they team up on Kazarian after, who's going to come out and save him? Like who, hypothetically, if there's someone who can, who's going to come and, and save him, who would it be? I, I'd put my money on, honestly, Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, anyone who's got a long-standing history with Impact Wrestling or even Frankie Kazarian themselves. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, when you kind of brought up the idea of, you know, Kazarian getting beat down post-match and uh, somebody coming out for the save, Motor City Machine Guns were the first, you know, team to pop into my head as well. Uh, I could see that, and, you know, I could also see that leading to a tag title match with uh, the design versus the Machine Guns as recent as the next pay-per-view. Yeah. Same. Look at that. We're setting stuff up for impact. Give us jobs. Fuck us. <laughs> so, Justin, the main event is a dot combat match for the Impact Digital Media Championship. 
at Hard to Kill. Because I believe in Joe Hendry. Uh, defended the Impact Digital Media Championship against Moose. Uh, Moose almost pulled it out with the low blow. And then Santino Morella, the director of authority for Impact Wrestling, had the match restarted. Uh, along with the vice president, Scott Demore. And we would see Hendry defeat Moose to retain the championship. Now, the next month, we would see Hendry be involved in a feud with another one of my favorites, Matt Cardona. Over the title, you know, on February 9th, Hendry defeated Cardona, avoiding an attack from Moose. In the meantime, the following week, Moose shatters uh, Morella's car window, Ooh. thinking that it was Joe Hendry's. I, I don't know if they drive the same car or not, but that's, I, w- I would assume, a bad mistake. Uh, Joe Hendry doesn't drive a car. That was first Mo- Moose's first mistake. Joe Hendry flies, okay? <laughs> you know, so uh, there's that. You know, he was trying to send a message to the champ. So uh, Santino Morella books a dot combat match for the digital media championship. I'm assuming this is just like a... It's pretty much just a no-DQ match. Yeah, it's just, you know, a hardcore match type deal. An extreme rules, if you will. They've Uh, done this before with uh, Cardona and Jordan Grace. So they've done this match type before. Now, you know, we've interviewed Moose. You can go to YouTube.com slash Perch on the Top Rope and check out the videos from that. You can listen to it on Apple Podcast. It's Perched on the Top Rope. Moose is a former D1 Syracuse University football player. Justin, that's my backyard. I, this is another one of those matches I like both competitors. I really do. Uh, we've interviewed both competitors. I want to say Joe Hendry retains. Moose is a hard man to stop. So I wish him the best. But I'm still going to stick with my guns on this one because I believe in Joe Hendry. Well, I'm glad you said that, Lee, because I also believe in Joe Hendry. So Joe Hendry is going to retain the Impact Digital Media Championship here. And Joe Hendry is going to move on to bigger things. Joe Hendry might, uh, you know, be the one to take that title from Josh Alexander. Fuck it. Put all the titles on Joe Hendry. I believe make, in him. Make him the landstorm at WCW. Make, make it, He already has the digital media champion. Give him the Impact World title. And then you're going to give him the X Division title. And then you're going to give him the tag team titles. And then somehow, someway, he's going to win that knockout title too. Joe Hendry to hold all the Impact titles 2023. Because okay. I believe in Joe Hendry. Justin, overall, based on the matches, how, like we don't even you know, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we're you know we just did our predictions, but overall, based on the matches, how how are you rating this so far? Uh, you know, for a, a not a regular pay per view, but an Impact Plus special, I I think it's a very solid show. You know, top to bottom. I agree with you, and 
I want the matches I'm looking forward to the most is definitely the Fatal Four Way with Myers, Heath, PCO, and Steve Macklin. I'm looking forward to the six man tag mm-hmm. between Time Machine and the Bullet Club. I think the Knockouts Tag Team Championship is going to be a great match, and I'm obviously looking forward to the main event of Joe Hendry versus Moose. I know y'all can't see it, but I'm doing the little moose thing. Moose, moose. <laughs> I, I even you know the the pre, uh, show matches Deanna Perrazzo and Giselle Shaw, Jonathan Gresham and Speedball Mike Bailey. Those are going to be great matches as well. Overall, I think this is a great pay per view. I don't think fans will be disappointed. So fans, uh, this is where we tell you spoiler free is the way to be. And we're out, but we're not out because you're about to listen to a very special interview with Impact Wrestling's Jay Vidal. The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Hello, everybody. It's Jay Vidal. That is J-A-I, Giselle Shaw's executive stylist and content creator. And you are watching and listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host, Lee Walker. Joining me today is one of the newer signees to Impact Wrestling. He is the executive stylist and content creator for Giselle Shaw. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Vidal. Jay, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I am doing great. First and foremost, I want to congratulate you not only on signing with Impact Wrestling, but this is also your seventh year this year in the professional wrestling industry. How how does that feel to have such a great accomplishment? Oh my gosh. I mean, it feels phenomenal. I remember last year when I hit um, six years in the business, I was just like, man, I got to do something. I got to, you know, I got to really get the ball rolling because it felt like I was doing everything that I could in the indies, but you skip forward to the end of 2022 and impact offers me the contract and going into my seventh year now, it was like, wow, here we are. You know, we're actually, we're making moves. We're doing it. We're doing it. It feels great. Yeah. And uh, again, you have a lot of firsts and some of them are even coming up. Uh, The first openly gay male to sign with Impact Wrestling. That's another congratulations. And to me, that's a big step for Impact Wrestling as well. And I want to share this quote uh, from Scott Damore. Uh, We're excited to sign Jay Vidal, a talented, charismatic wrestler who brings a diverse skill set to the ring, uh, he said, as he told Outsports. We're proud to welcome another member of the LGBTQ community to the Impact roster and further our outreach into that community, which has a deep fan base for professional wrestling. Now, I I read that quote because it's such it's such it speaks incredible words to you, but also for Impact Wrestling as well, being such supportive of the LGBTQ community. Uh, that they've also partnered with the North American Gay Amateur Athletic Alliance. How does that make you feel as someone part of that community? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's, it's, you know, coming into professional wrestling, right? Like my first two years, I had to be in the closet and 
after that, after, you know, being able to come out in wrestling and be my authentic self, for one, I always just wanted to break down barriers any way that I could do my part for the LGBTQ community. And to see that, you know, you got Impact Wrestling who's so welcoming of it and who, you know, pushes you to be your authentic self. Not only that, but also has these programs and connects with these programs um in the lgbtq plus community it's it's honestly it's amazing it's welcoming and i'm it, it makes me wear the impact badge with honor and i love it i genuinely do and uh, my next question uh, related to that if impact ever had like an ambassador role for the lgbt community for ties into impact wrestling for more outreach would that be like a position you would be interested in Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, I, I always talk about like how I want to do my part when it comes to the community, you know, whether it be talking in, you know, equality centers and stuff like that. So a thousand percent, that would be something I would definitely be interested in. Okay. Um, now I want to bring this part up. We talked before the show, you with that like ambassador type role you in other interviews had said that not really having much of uh people in the lgbt community in athletics to to really look up to here we are in 2023 in professional wrestling alone we're seeing a lot of other males and females and, and transgender wrestlers coming out and uh it's very welcoming and this story i want to share with you my brother gave me permission to share this story he does not watch wrestling, but I had impact on, and it was during the segment with you and Jordan Grace. I had told my brother who you were and everything like that. And he, he again, does not watch professional wrestling. He's younger than me, much younger than me. Um, I would say probably, you know, experienced some bullying and things like that over his sexual orientation, but never never officially like came out to anybody we knew because we would see him with boyfriends and stuff like that but never said the words after watching you on tv and me telling me telling him about you he called my parents put the phone on speaker and then came out that is that is amazing like that honestly you have no idea how much like how emotional that gets me and how much that makes my heart smile. Like I'm literally, I got goosebumps just hearing that. That is awesome. That and is awesome. He's, he's, he's 28 going on 29. He allowed me, he, he allowed me to share the story. And this Friday, he will now be watching no surrender as the beautiful Giselle Shaw takes on Deanna Perrazzo and Jay, I want to ask you, this is also going to be your Impact pay-per-view debut with Impact Plus, YouTube, and Fight TV, 8 p.m. Eastern Time Friday. How excited are you to make your Impact uh, pay-per-view debut? Um, I am super excited. I mean, honestly, like, it's to be out there and to be out there with Giselle Shaw, too, managing Giselle Shaw. She takes on Deanna Perrazzo, who we are going to get back because she threw Chili on us not once but twice so yeah no that is amazing also going back to your brother you know what i want to call your brother let's let's could we do that is that possible he is working right now he wanted to be here 
um, I can set something up with with Ross after maybe, or we can like DM each other and 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 have that happen. But yeah, he's at work. He wanted to be here to tell the story. That's why I got permission to tell it. All right, sounds good. Awesome. Yeah, because yeah. we definitely want to do that. And um, but going back over to No Surrender this Friday, absolutely, I'm super excited. I mean, honestly, like any time that I get to do anything new with Impact, it's always like my my focus is just like laser and I'm always just hyped and set for it. So I'm super excited. I already got the outfits picked out for Giselle and I for this Friday and for this weekend in general, because it's not just no surrender, but it's no surrender fallout. Right. So yeah. we're also going to be having shows on Saturday and Sunday over here in Las Vegas, Nevada, Samstown. Well, I, for one, am excited for that match. I'm excited for your debut and, you know, usually in these circumstances, we, you know, the executive stylist here, uh, we tend to see specialty ring gear or, you know, as a valet and manager, you know, some special suits come out, you know, and things like that. What can we expect as far as that? I don't like to spoil uh, whatever I'll wear something. All I'm going to say is every time that Jay Vidal is out there, he wears something iconic. So just expect something iconic. All right. Okay. All right. All right. I can, I'm totally cool with that. And, you know, speaking of that, when it comes to having a, a I guess re in ring debut is how, how we could put this. Uh, Cause you had had a couple matches in 2021. Uh, who would you like to, to face as like your, I guess your re debut match and impact. Well, actually, uh, fun fact. So this Sunday, I'm actually going to be facing Johnny Swinger, believe it or not. Swing man. Yeah. All the right. swing, I know I'm going to take that and I'm going to like, I'm going to blow my nose with it because I'm going to be <laughs> taking on Johnny Swinger. As we know, he's zero for 50, but you know what? Maybe Jay Vidal's on his road to 50 right now. Maybe Johnny Swinger will be that one in the one in 50. <laughs> Well, I, I wish you the best of luck in that match against the Swingman uh, coming up. Now, I, I know you've talked goals along with Impact Wrestling. Uh, without sports, you, you had said, uh, I think it'd be pretty cool to be the first openly gay X Division champion uh, with Giselle Shaw as a Knockouts World Champion, uh, holding the title side-by-side, side, just dominating the roster. Uh would you view that as a long-term goal for yourself in Impact? And if you view that as a, a long-term goal, what are some of your short-term goals for Impact being an Impact? Um, definitely a long-term goal and some short-term goals would be, you know, just putting on the best matches, right? Because that's that's what we aspire to do. You know, as professional wrestlers, I feel like we are artists. Mm -hmm. And the best thing that any artist wants is for their art to be remembered, for their art to be put in the history books. So my goal with Impact is definitely at least in the quote unquote short term is to have just outstanding matches and to be put in those positions to succeed. So I you know, would love to have matches with Speedball Mike Bailey or with Chris Bay or with Trey Miguel like the list goes on and on and the opportunities are just endless really with impact. Yeah. And I, th I think that it's really incredible, especially looking at, at the long-term goal there with being the X division champion and, and being uh side-by-side -side champs with Giselle Shaw. Now Friday for this match is a, is a retaliation for the chili. 
if Giselle wins this match, do you think this could be her road to getting back to being the number one contender for the knockouts championship? A thousand percent. Yeah. W- without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, Giselle Shaw, I see Giselle Shaw as a champion any time, you know, like she is, it's just, it's, to me, it's not a matter if it's a matter of one. So I see her taking out Deanna Perrazzo and I see her getting back into that title picture. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I got to ask, who were some of your favorites growing up in pro wrestling? My favorites, I would say if I had to choose like a top three, mm-hmm. it would be in no particular order here. Okay. Eddie Guerrero, Shawn Michaels, and Jeff Hardy. Okay. Like right. those three for me are just like the the top of the top tier. You know, I mean the cream of the crop. Yeah, all, all three, all three great names. And uh there's you get to work with legends who have worked with them with the likes of Tommy Dreamer and Rhino and Bully Ray. I get Johnny Swinger being one of them who you're wrestling on Sunday. Uh Mickey James. Being part of impact wrestling and sharing a locker room with, with wrestlers that you watched growing up. Have you sought out any advice from, from these legends or have they come up to you uh, with, with, you know, to critique anything or, or to help you out? A thousand percent. So what I love about impact is that, you know, the vets who are backstage, they, well, something I should say that we all have in common is that the vets are backstage the you know the seasoned talent that have been there for a little bit and the newer talent coming in is that we all want impact to succeed so we're all doing our part and in that the vets are always giving advice and we're always you know open ears to it so there's a lot of times that I'll come backstage and that Gail Kim will pull me aside she'll tell me what I did right and what I could have done better and the same thing with Tommy Dreamer um, I even had Mickey James give me advice one time, which was pretty awesome, you know, because here I was watching her when I was a little kid. Right. Yeah. And now she's over here, you know, giving me advice. It's it's really amazing. They are always there. They're very open to giving advice and very open to giving uh, critiques, which I think is super important for any performer who wants to better themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's incredible just to be around those that you watched on television, you know, that you grew up watching and now they're giving you advice and they're seeking you out to say, Hey, great job out there. Or, Hey, you, you know, do this and this next time. I think that's incredible. And and to be able to, to work with those that you grew up watching it, to me, it's like one of those, not all heroes wear capes sort of thing. Like those are heroes, like in, in, to get that advice, man, that is that is just incredible and and good for you. I, I love that. This is a question I ask everybody from Impact. Who would you consider your Mount Rushmore for Impact Wrestling? Mount Rushmore for Impact Wrestling. What is that? Four or five? Four. Four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four. Yeah. Um definitely sting. Definitely Sting, without a doubt. Up there, I would also put AJ Styles. Um, I would put Bully Ray up there. 
and hmm, it's always you know I mean the fourth it's always the hardest one to choose a fourth one <laughs> um you know because I because I genuinely feel like he's carried the company on his back and done a tremendous job doing so as champion Josh Alexander a Ooh, thousand percent uh, a thousand. I like that I like that I'm going to go get my cell phone. I really don't care that my brother's at work, to be honest with you. I'm going to go. Let's call him. Let's give him a call. Let's do it. Tell him that Jay Vidal said I'm calling. And um, the only thing I will say is my phone is broken. I can only have it on speaker, which I got to put it on speaker anyway. So I'll be right back. Sounds good. hey jay i have on the phone my brother hello brandon walker how are you hi good yourself i am doing fantastic so lee told me about your story and everything and i just want to say that it genuinely touched my heart and you know like good on you for coming out and being your true authentic self like i am sending you so much love and so much good energy and on top of that if you want to come to any upcoming impact show you are welcome as my guest with calm tickets okay Ooh, absolutely i appreciate that thank you absolutely thank you and nothing but peace and love to you okay you as well thank you thank you okay bye brandon sorry to bother bye. you at work Hey, Jay, thank you so much for that, man. I really appreciate that. Of course. No, thank you for making it happen. Yeah, no, he, um, like I said, he did not, uh, does not watch wrestling. And then he saw you on TV and I said, I, I, I explained who you were a little bit and everything. And he goes, wow. And just picked up the phone and, and just did it. So um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, we never cool. would have thought that something like that would have happened. We, like I said, we knew, but we just, you wanted to hear it, you know, you know, oh, to cool. get that relief and, and, and all that out there, you know, so, you know, you're not hiding anymore, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, and, and to be his brother is just a, it's a surreal experience. He's a really cool guy. Um, so anytime impact is around Albany, New York, you in your wrestling, you'll get to meet my brother. Sounds good. Like I said, he's my guest uh, with Calm Tickets. So, you know. Awesome. Um, Jay, I want to thank you for coming on and doing the show today. I want to thank you for the surreal experience with the phone call with my brother. Uh, I had a great time, and I hope to do this again sometime with you. Uh, best of luck for Giselle on Friday. Guys, no surrender. You can catch it YouTube. You can catch it on you um, Impact Plus, and you can catch it on Fight TV Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And Sunday, Jay makes his re-debut, taking on the swingman, Johnny Swinger. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Please remember, spoiler-free is the way to be. We're out. <laughs>